lives, God's hand of favor upon uh, the work that is taking place uh, here. And uh, I'll tell you what, as we dive in uh, this morning to our, our message, uh, my heart uh, is really uh, joyous to, to uh, really kind of, I, I tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a joy it's been incredible. Uh, there's mixed with sadness that our uh, this series is wrapping up and coming to a close. And today, as we take a look for the last time and as we close out this Nehemiah series, I'm also excited about uh, what's to come. Uh, next year and what the Lord's really just deposited in my heart uh, for the coming year and and really even into this Christmas season. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, this next Sunday uh, and following that on Christmas Eve, I have a bring in a two-part message series. Uh, good news. How many of you know how many of you like good news? When good news comes, that's a good thing. Did you know that good news brings great joy? Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the good news that Jesus Christ was born. And the great joy on Christmas Eve that you and I share because our Savior came and lived among us. And uh, it's going to be a great, great week next week. I invite you uh, and your family to join us as we take a look at the good news and experience great joy. Come on, everybody in the room. Do this with me. Smile. Come on, look at your neighbor and smile. Show them some teeth. Hopefully they're white and brushed, clean. I'll tell you what, there's something about a smile. When we smile and share the joy that the Lord has brought and given to us, when we share that with others, uh, let's be a people who allow the joy of the Lord to flood our hearts because you and I are living the good news. And and as we take a look at this last word from Nehemiah, uh, my heart uh, is just bursting today because uh, this culminates uh, an incredible journey that this body has been on. I have heard over and over, time and time again, uh, just the, the things that Nehemiah has brought. Uh, it is is such a, a powerful source of strength and walking through the devotionals, I pray that they have been a powerful, powerful time uh, in your life as we walk through this series. Um, this today, uh, we're taking a look at the final uh, piece of the Nehemiah puzzle, and uh, the title today is The Best Sacrifice. If you have your books, pull them out. If you don't have them, you, you'll find some notes there in your bulletin that you can pull out, and, and you can begin to follow along and, and take notes with some of those things that are uh, taking place there. Uh, we we uh, have, I, I, I don't know, it's been an incredible journey having the notes for people to take and to follow along. I, I hope that those have been a blessing uh, for you as well. Uh, we have uh, today kind of a culminating factor with Nehemiah. If we take a look at the journey we've been on, Nehemiah wasn't just about the past and rebuilding that which was broken. That kind of took place. However, it was really about building the future. And today we get to really take another look at that. Uh, we have walked through how the building blocks of Nehemiah kind of stack up in our lives and how we can, in a powerful way, understand that this is an incredible journey that Nehemiah went on and it very closely mirrors that which we have experienced as well as a body. And we are taking a look at in every way what Nehemiah has done, said, accomplished, and, and how, how his journey has been a, a, an impact for us as a body. I pray it's been an impact for you as well. We take a look and we understand that our future is bright. When we open up our heart and our life to him, to his purpose, to his calling, your future takes on a whole new view. I pray that you have received a vision of your future. It starts. The first week we talked about it all begins with prayer. It starts with us praying and seeking the Lord and asking Him to move in our hearts and our lives or on our behalf for a situation, for a need that we might have. 
The secondly, we get a, a vision of faith. Something takes place in our lives when, when all of a sudden we get a vision for what the Lord wants to do in our hearts and our lives. It starts with prayer. All of a sudden it moves to this incredible vision that He deposits in our hearts that, that somehow we will move forward in our lives. And then as we all know, when the Lord gives us something, a dream, something to accomplish, we'll, over time we'll encounter adversity. And we learned how to overcome adversity in our lives. It happens. It takes place. We encounter uh, obstacles. We encounter people who become obstacles and, and the things that they say. And so very clearly, Nehemiah leads us how to restore broken relationships, how to heal those relationships. Let me tell you, if you want a bright future, if you want the building blocks to build your future, let it start with prayer. Allow the Lord to deposit faith. Learn to overcome the obstacles of life and to restore the relationships that you have, maybe uh, strengthening them or fixing and mending those which are broken. And then it turns in there and all of a sudden we understand the power of spiritual leadership in our lives and that you and I are called to be leaders. You are a leader in every right. Every single person in this room is leading someone. There's someone that you are influencing. There's someone that your life has an impact. And so we understand the strength of, of leadership. And because of that, we need to respond to God's Word. We need to respond to the Word that He has. Church, if you aren't, dive into the Word. Let it become alive in your heart and your soul. This Christmas season and starting the new year, let the strength of God's Word pour into your heart. But, but don't just hear it. The Bible tells that we need to respond to it. Everybody say respond. respond. Look at your neighbor and say respond. respond. Responding takes action. It's a step that we take. And then last week, we watched through the responding, the response of God's Word, His people moved to holiness. And they had a return to the things of the Lord and the, the, their walk and their relationship with Him and an incredible move of holiness in our lives, which leads us today to learning how to bring the best sacrifice. First, to give the best sacrifice, we must give ourselves to God. We must give ourselves to God. You'll see it there uh, in your notes. You'll also see it on the screen. I just want to read the, the first four verses of Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 4, uh, as we gain an understanding of what it means to give ourselves to God. It says this, Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring out to bring one out of every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. The people commended all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. These are the provincial leaders who settled in Jerusalem. Now some Israelites, priests, Levites, temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants lived in the towns of Judah, each on their own property in the various towns, while other people from both Judah and Benjamin lived in Jerusalem. We see here that, that something unique takes place. All of a sudden, Nehemiah, uh, in, as they begin this process, they've rebuilt the wall and the temple is being restored and they're now building homes and places. Uh, Nehemiah is reaching out. Really, this is the first call to sacrifice that is made to the people. Uh, literally, they're calling out a tithe of people. One out of every ten, we want to come to live in Jerusalem. We need from all the outlying areas that have been settled and developed. Now they're calling uh, every tribe that is around there, bring your people. We need to begin to fill uh, this place and begin to restore this city and restore the economic growth and all of the things that need to take place here. It's a unique thing, this word sacrifice. Sacrifice 
is an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else, regarded as more important or worthy. You may want to write that down. That is a, that is a powerful, powerful picture of what sacrifice is in our lives. Sacrifice is the act of giving up something that might be very near and dear to our hearts because we know there's a greater good and there is a something more important or something more worthy. And so we sacrifice and we lay something down for the betterment of someone else. God was asking them to move. Did you know sometimes doing what God wants doesn't just take good intentions, but it takes physical action. It doesn't just take the want to, it, it, it takes a step. It begins to move out. It, it, there's some action behind uh, our sacrifice. There's some action behind our stepping into that which the Lord has for us or that which He is calling us to. The way that it relates to our lives, we should never underestimate the blessing of being exactly where God has placed us. I don't know if you have ever found yourself in a situation, a circumstance, maybe God has just recently moved in your life and all of a sudden you find yourself maybe in a familiar place, maybe in a very unique and different place. I want you to know that wherever you find yourself in your walk and your journey with the Lord, uh, there's something powerful, there's a blessing about being exactly where He has placed you. As spouses, as friends, as co-workers, there's a blessing in being planted right where God wants us to be. Uh, you may never get that high-level job that you, uh, you know, you're seeking. You may never get that mother or father of the year that you know you deserve. You deserve it. And, and you may never receive those Accolades, but there is so much blessing being right where God wants us to be. Many times uh, we wear many hats, like all of us do in this room. We wear many hats. We we wear a hat at work. Maybe at work we wear several hats. We wear a hat at home. We're we're a provider. We're the keeper. We're the uh, the van driver. You know, we're the bus that brings the kids to and fro here and there, everywhere. We we wear all kinds of different hats in our lives. That you know, there's just something awesome to be completely present right where you are at. Let me just pause here for just a moment. No matter how many hats we wear, no matter what it is that we have going on in our lives, there's something very powerful when we learn the art of being very present in every situation. When I am at work, I am fully immersed at work. When I am at home with our children, when I am at which I get to be soon because they're moving home, hallelujah, Jesus When we get to be present with our kids, to be fully immersed and fully present, to be fully engaged in that moment, there's a a powerful, powerful thing that takes place. There's nothing worse than everywhere you are being distracted with somewhere else that you feel you need to be. And, And when we learn to calm our hearts and quiet our hearts and allow the Lord to to lead us good intentions won't keep, I said good intentions, it takes an action step. Listen to this. Good intentions won't make good relationships, won't make a good marriage. You have to put in the effort. You have to put in the work. There are sacrifices that we make for one another. There are sacrifices that we make for our families. There are things that we lay down that we would like to do that we can't do because someone in our family needs our time and attention, and so we give that. Maybe uh, you understand that all too well, or maybe you're in this room and you say, man, I, I don't understand that because where I grew up, that wasn't the case. That didn't happen for me. And you swore, man, I will never do that. I will be right where God has called me to be. I want to be a blessing to my family. Nehemiah, in this, begins the call of the Lord to call for a tithe of people. One out of every ten, they are calling to move to Jerusalem uh, and begin the work and begin to see and prepare the city for those outlying areas as they come in and do commerce and trade. There's a sacrifice that each tribe is being 
asked to make. I want you to know that every week here, so many people at Saginaw First Assembly put in so much effort and energy making uh, church happen. And, and wow, I, I didn't know Larry was going to share some of those things that he did during the offering, but it's, it even goes beyond the pastoral staff. It goes beyond the, the staff that are here. It goes all the way through the people and those who sacrifice and give and come early to make coffee and to get the sound ready and to create slides throughout the week and to prepare the songs and prepare all the things that need to take place in order to get things ready. And then we show up and all of a sudden we worship the Lord. And and I want you to know that there was great sacrifice by many volunteers and people who said, I want to be a part of what God's doing. May I serve in some way so that someone would walk through those doors and learn the ability or have the opportunity to find and to follow Jesus, to find a place to believe and belong. And I just want to say thank you to so many who helped make make that happen. If you serve here at Saginaw First, I just want to say thank you for serving. Thank you for your sacrifice to bring uh, the love of Jesus to others uh, every single week. Your sacrifice does not go unnoticed. Here at Saginaw First, uh, we we want people to have the opportunity to serve. We We call it life teams. We call it the ability to be a part of a team that brings life. I, I think and I believe wholeheartedly that when we serve with other people, it is life-giving. How many of you like to be a part of things that are life-giving? That give life. And there's something awesome that takes place in these groups and teams of people that, that serve, that it brings life. I, I'll tell you what, uh, to a person, you ask those who are serving, they will tell you, it's the greatest joy of my life. I have found peace. I have found happiness. I have found so much pure joy by serving others. Giving so that someone else might be blessed in the news this past week. And I know everybody turned in a resume to the company that gave out $10 million in Christmas bonuses. If you haven't watched the news, you don't need to apply. Everybody else is already applying for that position. And and they gave out these incredible uh, bonuses to say thank you to their workers. Ten? How many of you heard this story? How many of you already got your resume in? As they began this incredible journey, and I was watching that on the news, it was such an incredible thing to understand the joy that this owner, he said it, and I watched the interview. Uh, they said, what was more, what brought uh, I can't quite remember how, I don't know if it was happiness or joy when they asked him, what brought you the most happiness? Was it Earning that money, the ability to do what you did, was it earning that or was it giving it away to those who were? And without hesitation, he said, oh, earning it, that took work. Giving it was so much fun. It brought me so much joy. There's something powerful about when we give to others. Secondly, to give the best sacrifice, we must give our praise to God. We must give our praise to God. We give ourselves to God. Uh, the, the Bible's very clear here. There's an incredible, powerful force that happens when we begin to give our praise to God. Let's read uh, in Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 27 uh, through 31. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully. Everybody say joyfully. They celebrated joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps and lyres. The musicians also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villagers, villages of the uh, Netophetites. Boy, I nailed that one. From Beth Gilgal and from the area of Geba and Asmiah. 
For they, the musicians, had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, ceremonially, they, pur- they purified the people, the gates and the wall. I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right, towards the dung gate. Then we read in verse 38, the second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall. In verse 43, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. They had, in this moment, the opportunity to actively participate in the celebration of what God was doing in their hearts and in their lives. They marched. If you could imagine, they touched the walls that were rebuilt. They celebrated all that God had done. It was the walls and the gates that had been installed that they were now celebrating, singing joyously, giving praise to God. It was the walls and the gates that they were singing and celebrating. Let me just share this thought. Because the people all engaged in this moment of praise to God for the ability of doing what they did. And in that moment, they they began to praise. Might I say that it wasn't something that people just sat on the sidelines and watched. There was something powerful because this group of people had watched God do a miracle. They became not just spectators, but they engaged. Half the people walked this way. The other half went with the choir that way, and they began to worship. As your pastor, can I just say this? It will never be enough to just be a spectator in worship. You will miss so much of what God wants to speak to you, reveal to you, to bless you with. Your worship blesses the Father. And you will never underestimate how awesome, how worship can change your life when you participate in it. When you are a part of the celebration of what God has done, all of a sudden, in that moment, as we celebrate, as we rejoice, as we lift our praises to Him. Now, I know that that manifests differently many times in different people. Some walk in, and they're ready, and they can't wait. They're expressive, and they're exuberant in their worship. Others may be going through a very difficult season. And the worship moves you to a place where you're able to have a one-on-one conversation with the Lord. It brings you quietly into the presence of the King. It brings you into a moment that looks past the circumstances, the hurt and the pain, to a place where you acknowledge God in your life. There are those who who come in, as I mentioned, ready to sing, shout, dance, and uh, jump up and down. And there's others who are walking through difficulties that that moment just begins to break and melt their heart. And and they have to, it's it's an incredible sight to see. Let me just say this, no matter what you are walking through, no matter what is happening in your life, be an active participant in praise. Be an active participant in worship. No matter what is happening, always participate in the moments that we have to worship the King. Let me say this, it will change. Did you know that worship will change your circumstances? Did you know that worship will change your heart in regards to your circumstances? If you've ever been down and, and, and dismayed and you walked into a church service and all of a sudden the presence of the Lord filled that place, how many of you have ever experienced the uplifting of your heart and spirit because you encountered worship? It's awesome. Amen. 
There's something life-giving that takes place when we praise Him, when we worship Him. We'll change your circumstances. I believe that He wants to speak to you. And He will do that during worship. Number three, we must give our gifts to God. We must give our gifts to God. Nehemiah 12, verse 44 through 47, says, At that time, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, first fruits, and tithes. From the fields around the towns, they were to bring into the storerooms the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah was pleased with the ministering priests and Levites. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as did also the musicians and gatekeepers, according to the commands of David and his son Solomon. Verse 46, For long ago in the days of David and Asaph, There had been directors for the musicians and for the songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel contributed the daily portions for the musicians and the gatekeepers. They also set aside the portion for the other Levites, and the Levites set aside the portion for the descendants of Aaron. This passage of Scripture has an incredibly profound meaning. And I want to dive into it just a little bit this morning. Earlier, uh, we talked a little bit last week from Nehemiah 10. And in Nehemiah 10, they built the altar and they began the collection and they reinstituted the uh, several ways that the people could be a blessing to the work of the Lord. And as they did that, one of the passages there, it, it, it shared a story and they had a, a brazen altar that was being lit. And in order to keep it lit, listen to this, everyone brought some wood. Everyone, everyone say everyone brought some wood to them. That must have been a very large pile of wood. And as it amassed and it was there, they had plenty to keep the fire burning day and night. As we take a look at that, I began to think about that scripture. What what wood, what things, what Skill sets, what talents, what resources do we have? What do I have? You may ask yourself that same question. What, what do I have? What do I have to give the Lord? What talents, what skill sets, what, what things do I have? They, they each brought wood, and that wood really represents a couple of things. Represents energy, effort, Talents, abilities, skill sets. Each of them brought their talents to the Lord. Each of them brought what they had to give and, and they brought it. Now, as I looked at this, I understand Nehemiah had a pretty incredible response. Nehemiah had a response. He said, Listen, we don't want to be spectators. I am calling on all of you. Give us a tenth of people. Bring them and and bring your resources and your tithes and your offerings and all the things. And there's a very incredible reason why he did that. Nehemiah's response was to call the people to this. A call to be set apart. I believe we live in a world where the Lord is calling you and I today to be set apart, to be set apart for his work, to be set apart for his kingdom, to be set apart from the world that we live in, to be a people that are set apart. The Bible says that Nehemiah, you'll see the verse in your book. I I won't take time to read it. It says that I was greatly displeased and through the household goods, he, he was displeased with the way that the people had 
taken all of the things and the places and the things in the area around them and those were all of a sudden becoming a part of their life. He said, man, we need to be set apart. The second response that he had for the people was he gave them a call to worship the one true God, to set themselves apart and to worship the one true God. That our worship would not be of any other origin or thing or material or possession or option, whatever it might be. But our worship would fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the true God, the author and the perfecter of our faith. The one who sent his son for you and I to have life. If you enjoy life, there is only one reason and one way that you and I can enjoy true life. And that is to worship and realize that our life comes because he gave his life for you and I. A call to worship the one true God. And then he brought all the people and he called them to something. He called them, he gave them a call to be faithful. 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 A call to be faithful. He said, I, I warned them against, and he began to tell them what they, they, they were doing that was unfaithful, and Nehemiah gave them a response and a call to be faithful. Let me say it this way. At this moment, in this story of Nehemiah, the wall is done. The celebration service is over. They marched around. They sang. They experienced the goodness of God. And now is the time. This is the key. This is why this verse. Now is the time to finish strong. Everybody say finish strong. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them to finish strong. Wait a minute. They built the wall. They're celebrating. You mean it's not over? No. Listen to this. This shows such an incredible picture into the character of God. Nehemiah 10. Contributions began to come in and get stored away and organized as they started bringing in the tithe. And then there were those whose job was to bring what they knew how to do to the table. They brought their skills, their talents, their resources. Some of them, listen, some of them were musicians. Some of them were gatekeepers. They weren't just going to start a project to rebuild. There was a plan for them to finish well. There was a plan to have the ministry continue once the walls were built, once the temple was restored. God is an incredible God, and He desires in everything that He begins and He starts, He has a plan not for it to happen, but for it to continue, for it to finish well, for it to build our future. The remnant, the things that God is building and putting in place are not so that we can look back and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. It's because our God is faithful and He has called us as a church and a people and in our lives to finish well. He has prepared you and called you to help in an incredible way in our lives. There was a plan for this ministry to continue because listen to this. Write this down in your notes. The Lord was focused on the future. The Lord in rebuilding the wall, in the calling of Nehemiah, in all of the things that took place, the Lord's eye was on the future. Do you know that the Lord's eye is on your future? He is looking at you. He knows where you are at. He has great plans. He has a purpose for you. He has great things in store for you. He is not just moving in this moment. He is moving in this moment because He knows what's in store for your future. He has great things. I love how this speaks to the character of God. He never starts something without intending to finish it well. And listen to this. And he always equips 
He always equips his people to do that which he has called them to do. Did you hear that? He not only calls us, but he equips us. He gives us everything that we need to do in order that is incredible. Here's the other awesome thing about God. Listen to this. And don't be offended by this. This is awesome. He doesn't need you. And he doesn't need me. He could do it all by himself. And yet, we get to be the blessed. We, we get such a blessing when we are a part of God's call and what he does. Listen to this. We get to be the benefit receivers when we are a part of doing what he asks us to do. When God asks us to do something, there's an incredible blessing that comes alongside of that. We could reject that and say, I don't want to be a part. Or we can say, God, here's my sacrifice. Here's my life. Here's my heart. Here's my talents. And all of a sudden, the Lord just begins to heat back. How many of you want to bless? blessing from the Lord. It starts with a great sacrifice. Missionary J. Hudson Taylor said, when God's work is done God's way, it will never lack God's support. There were two different kinds of gifts here. There was a tithe. There was a tithe in the things and the resources that were needed. And then secondly, there were the gifts of what people could do, the skill sets and talents, each of these was an incredible, uh, were incredibly pleasing to the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us in Philippians 4.18, our gifts are a fragrant offering, pleasing and acceptable to God. Can I just say this? Hear my heart. Can I just say that all of our gifts, no matter how generous or how great they are, The things we give, our tithes, our talents, and our resources, listen to this, will never be a substitute for giving of ourselves. It wasn't about the gift that was given. It was about the heart of sacrifice that these people came before the Lord because we can give our praise to Him and we should. And we can give our gifts to Him and we should. But the more the He desires, what He desires is us. Giving Him our own way and our own life. And, and, and we see this beautiful picture in the story of Nehemiah as we take a look at Nehemiah rebuilding the future. Today we're wrapping up. And so we get to kind of come full circle with Nehemiah. We can look back at chapter 1 and see how this all started. A cupbearer. Can you imagine? A cupbearer to the king. Here's a story from his brother. His brother shares a story with him of the plight of Jerusalem and the people who have gone back. And he could have done one of two things. He could have heard the story, said, man, that's really too bad, and gone on with his life as usual. Or he could respond. Or he could respond to the story that he said. And we all know the story that Nehemiah responded. His heart was broken for that which broke the Lord's heart. He sought the Lord. He wept. He sought the king and asked him for his help and favor and this incredible story that unfolded. This person literally could have remained nameless. This incredible book, this incredible story, had Nehemiah heard the story and just gone about his business, but he didn't. He chose to respond. He chose to sacrifice his position in the kingdom, to ask the king to go and to leave and to do these things. Listen, that's my encouragement for you and I here today as we wrap up this incredible series and this story of Nehemiah. The encouragement and the question that I have for you today When you are faced with a choice of either continuing life as usual, and we know that God is tugging at our heart, and you're having that conversation with Him. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with God, a struggle. He's asking you to do something. Come on, am I the only one? And you find yourself doing some conversation with God. Really? I don't... Why? What? That doesn't make any sense. 
when God is tugging on your heart and you're having that conversation with your coworker, with your family member who is broken and desperately needs the power of the Lord in their lives. But hey, life is busy. We need to, so many things to do. We need to just go on as normal. Or maybe you see the social injustice that's taking place around you, around the world, all over. And you say, well, maybe someone else will do it. Someone else will pray. Someone else will ask. Someone else will do. Someone else will go. Someone else will make a difference. I believe that when the Lord deposits us in those moments, in those situations, He is speaking to our hearts to act and do and fulfill what Nehemiah did in such an incredible picture. Because we can give and we can serve. What? What are we going to do with those Nehemiah moments that happen in our lives? How will we respond as Nehemiah responded? As we've walked through all of these building blocks, how are you and I going to respond as we go from here, as we close the chapter, as we close the book on Nehemiah? How are you and I going to take this incredible life picture and apply it to our lives and say, Lord, I'm here today and I want to give you the best sacrifice and the best sacrifice that you and I can give to the Lord is ourselves. It's our heart. It's our will. It's our desires to say, God, I am yours. Can I just tell you, there is nothing more fulfilling in life. There will be nothing more fulfilling in your entire life that yields a greater satisfaction or an eternal reward than saying yes to the Lord. When you say yes to the Lord, listen, No matter how it takes you out of your comfort zones. And we all know we love to be in our comfort zones. We love to be in our comfort zones. What might take us out of those comfort zones? No matter how it brings us, no matter how scary it is, no matter how challenging, it's worth it when we say yes to the Lord. So how will we respond? How will we say yes to the Lord? I want you to know if you're new here today and this is the first time that you're here, maybe it's the first time you've heard about this Jesus that we're talking about, that Nehemiah was led by the Lord and it really just stirred him and moved him in such an incredible way, that that somehow I want to this morning, if I could, just encourage you to not let another day go by without you knowing the reason why we sacrifice. Why do we serve? Why does this group of people live for the Lord? I want you to know it's because God sent His Son to die for you and I. He came and He paid the ultimate price. He gave the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I might have life, that we could live. Because He died, you and I have hope. You and I understand that this hope only comes. You you and I, we, we get to be rescued. Church, that's good news. We get to be rescued. I want you to know today, you don't have to go through this life alone. So this is what he asks of us. He says, I, I want all of you. Everybody say all. He says, I want all of you. I want every part. I want you to be my mouthpiece. I want you to be my hands. I want you to be my feet. I want you to be my child, my son, my daughter. I want you to go. If you don't know him as your amazing Savior today, I encourage you to ask him into your heart. In a little bit, we're going to pray. But to begin a relationship with Jesus who loves you and cares about you, I want you to know that you can have a relationship with Jesus who has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you're in this room and you're already walking with Jesus, 
But there's an area that's been stirring up inside of you. There's an area that's stirring up in your heart that you know right now that, that you haven't surrendered to the Lord or, or, or maybe there's a way that He's asked you to, to say yes, but you haven't said yes yet. You've just kind of been holding back. You haven't jumped in. I want you to understand. We're going to pray for that as well. Say, God, I'm giving you my praise. God, I'm giving myself to you. I'm giving my gifts that you have equipped me to do. I am giving it all to you. We want to know you. Here's how you can do that today. In a moment, I'm going to pray. As we close this service today and we close Nehemiah and we close this incredible journey that we've had, it all culminates to this, this great sacrifice that one, the Lord gave to us and that two, he's calling us to be a part of in giving back to him. And I want to invite you wherever you're at in your walk, in your relationship with Jesus today. You might be here and say, I need to give my heart to Jesus. We're going to celebrate and we're going to, we're so happy for you. You may have walked into this room and you've been holding back. You haven't responded to God's word. You've just kind of been going through the motions. And today you understand that God is calling you to respond. I want you to let us know today. I want you to let us know about that today. We want to walk alongside of you. We want to pray for you. We want to experience this journey together with you. Right in front of you is a connect card. I want to invite everyone, even in this moment, would you do something? Would you reach and would you grab one of those all across this room? Would you grab a connect card right in front of you? This isn't for just visitors now. This is something between you and the Lord. If you're in this room today and you say, I need to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ, there's a little thing right there that says, I want to commit my heart and my life to Jesus I want to ask him. We're going to pray in a few moments, but I'm going to invite you to check that mark and, and, and let us know. And I want you to know that we will connect with you and we will help you and we will walk life's journey with you. Maybe you're here. You've been a part of Saginaw First Assembly of God for years and years. And you say, you know what? It's time for me to sacrifice. It's time for me to step out. It's time for me to serve. I want to serve. I want to be a part of this incredible body. If you're looking for ways to serve, I want you to know that you can contact uh, at the Welcome Center. They have an incredible list there of areas that you can serve within this body. If you say, it's time for me to bring my sacrifice, my talents, my treasure to the Lord today... At the culmination of this incredible series of Nehemiah, we want you to know that there is a place in this body for you. You don't have to walk life alone. You can join a team. You can be a part of a group of believers who experience God in every way. So as you take that card and you hold it in your hand right now, that's going to be a today, that's a, a response opportunity for you to experience Him. I want you to know there are incredible ways that God wants to move in your life. There is a blessing that is waiting for those who lay down their hearts and their lives to him. So here's what I'd like to do is close this service in prayer right now. Would you do something with me all across this room? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Would you just close yourself in with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and allow me to pray over you. Before I do, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room and you say, Pastor Kurt, I want you to pray for me because I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I'm filling out this card right now and I, I see that, man, I, I just need him. I need him in my life. I need him in my heart. And I have not given him the proper place in my life today. If that is you right now, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? I want to pray for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Are there any others who will join these three? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to pray for you. Now, all across this room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you can put your hands down. If you're in this room and you say, God has been speaking to me, and today 
I am ready to go all in. I've got some areas that I've been holding back. I've got some areas that I've held back. But today, I want to live my best sacrifice. I want to give all that I have, all that I am, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords to allow Him to use me everywhere that I go. Really, this is the heart of Nehemiah. If you have the heart of Nehemiah in this moment, would you lift your hand with me all across this room? and say, God, touch me, use me. Lord, I sacrifice my heart. I lay it all down before you. Yes, yes, God. Lord, look at these hands. Father, I pray that you would spur in our hearts in this moment, even now as we come to you and we pray, Lord, with hearts like Nehemiah, God, to give, to serve, to to bless you. Lord, I pray and I thank you that your heart is not for just for the past, not just for today, but your eye is on our future. Father, there are those in this room who needed to hear that. They came in broken, hurting. They were walking through difficulty. They were walking through hardships. And they heard today that you have a plan for their future. You have a plan for their lives. Lord, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. God, we declare it. We receive it. We want it. Lord, we want your future and your plan for our hearts and our lives. And it's because of that that in this moment, Lord, we just yield our hearts to you. We lay them down before you. Father, for these four who raise their hand that need you to touch them, God, I pray even now that you would wrap your arms of love around them, that you would come into their hearts and into their lives. Lord, we are so joyful that our hearts have been impacted by the story of Nehemiah. Lord, as we go today, Father, I pray that our hearts would be forever changed in Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet right now? And would you just extend your hands to heaven? And can we just sing this course in closing as we worship the Lord together? Now listen, the Bible says that we need to give our praise. They, they came and they praised him. How many of you enjoyed the series of Nehemiah? Did you enjoy this series? Can we just thank the Lord for his word and this story and just close ourselves in with worship today as we close. Let's just close ourselves in as these incredibly skilled musicians lead us in the presence of the Lord. Let's sing it together. Do you adore him this morning? Isn't he incredible? I pray God's peace and favor and joy walk with each and every one of you as we leave this place today may we carry and walk with the spirit that we have understood from Nehemiah as we go from this place I pray God's blessing and favor go with you be blessed have an incredible week we look forward to seeing you next Sunday